right. Well, good morning, everyone. If you're worshiping with us online, we're glad you're with us today. Uh, Welcome. It is so good to sing praises to the Lord in the power of the Spirit. And uh, I just welcome you this morning. Uh, And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on. And then we're going to take some time to bless our moms this morning uh, before we get into the sermon. So uh, just a couple of news items. Uh, This coming Saturday, uh, we're inviting any couples who want to work on their family team, uh, your family legacy. We're going to be sharing a little bit of our journey and our lessons learned as part of the But God series. And uh, there is um, need to be on the uh, uh, body, body life uh, slides. But there's, there's going to be a meeting here. It's Saturday morning from 9 to 11. It'll be in the Emory Room. And uh, we're encouraging uh, anybody who wants to come uh, for that time to register for childcare. We have childcare available for that session. So uh, uh, I'm going to wait till you get that slide up. All right, while they're working on that, another thing we're going to be doing is two weeks from today, we're going to be having a worship and prayer evening. And this is for the citywide prayer canopy. So about every month we have an event for anybody who's been praying in the prayer canopy. You can join. Okay, there's your email address, samanthatrice at gmail.com if you want to have uh, child care during our family teams meeting next week, 9 to 11 on Saturday. And then worship and prayer uh, will be taking place at New Life Temple. It's like a three-minute drive from here. It's on the, uh, this side of Madisonville. And uh, if you want a wonderful experience of worship, and culturally connecting with an African-American church that loves the Lord. It's just going to be a really special evening. So I'd love for all of us, uh, many of us, to get over there and worship with them. I also want to take a few minutes and share with you the results of our discipleship survey that we did between January and March. We had 86 responses. Uh, Our goal next year is to have 200 responses, but with COVID and people coming back in waves, it's... um, But it's a survey we do every year to see how we're doing in discipleship. Uh, So let me show you what what happened there. Respondents' ages. So about half of our respondents are in their 40s or lower, and half of our respondents are in their 50s or above. Uh, In terms of our uh, time at Marymount Church, uh, we have uh, about 15% of our church is respondents of this survey are new in the past year. Uh, 21% are new in the past one to five years, and 23%, well, you can see half have got more than six years in the church. So the good news is we have a a very stable membership, and we have uh, with a lot of leaders um, who are uh, uh, further along and, and eager to mentor others, and we have a lot of new people. So the best of both worlds. Our households, uh, we have... Uh, 11% of our people who live alone, uh, 44% have two to three people in their home, and about half the church has more than four people in their home. And so we have lots of families, and our families are larger than average. Uh, Looking at the next section, what helped me grow spiritually? And of course, the Sunday services with strong teaching and worship, 
but also prayer alone with God, time alone with God, which we speak about almost every Sunday, uh, small group and family discussions. For the pandemic, hardship, losses, and waiting on God have been a source of growth in the past year. These are, by the way, in order of uh, mention, and confession, serving, and one-to-one discipleship uh, uh, are also factors. We have a, a great enjoyment of spiritual disciplines. So uh, Bible study, uh, 64% of us are studying our Bible four or more times a week. Uh, prayer, 70% of us are praying four or more times a week. Uh, small group, we have 60% of our congregation in a small group, but only 34% are doing that three times or more monthly, or said another way, only 34% are really meeting in a small group on a weekly basis. So that's an opportunity to, that we'll come back to. And growth in spiritual gifts, 65% agree or agree strongly that they grew in their spiritual gifts this past year. And uh, that's obviously because of our series that we were in for about six months. And how to keep growing in the gifts, practice, uh, get a mentor, and revisit the sermons. And we are continuing to practice spiritual gifts on Wednesday night when we meet for prayer and worship. Uh, spiritual conversations, another thing we talk a lot about, and we almost weekly bless you to go and bring the kingdom to wherever you are this week. Um, and so uh, spiritual conversations, 61% had three or more conversations spiritually last year. Uh, 17% didn't have any conversations, so that's an opportunity for next year. But look at this stat. 48% helped an average of three people decide to follow Jesus for the first time. So the question was, were you involved in helping someone follow Jesus, and then how many? And it was like one, two to three, uh, and uh, the rest, some were even uh, in the fives and sixes. So that's super encouraging and we want to continue to increase our external focus as a church and uh, share our spiritual journey with Jesus with others. The next thing we looked at was generosity. And um, I'll just, I reported that our second annual Palm, service, Palm Sunday offering for missionaries, I reported a couple of weeks ago that that was up to 34000 versus $28,000 last year. That number is now up to $42,000. So uh, in the past couple of weeks, more gifts have come in. So that's super generous. 13% uh, of the respondents do not give. So that's an opportunity for growth. 44% give 1% to 9% of their income. And then 43% give 10 or more percent of their income uh, uh, in charitable, in, in kingdom giving. 70% are satisfied with their giving, and 30 are not. And 65% of our church also give to other ministries uh, in the city and around the world. So uh, obviously a, an opportunity, a, a solid pattern of giving and an opportunity to continue to grow in giving for some. We have a very high level of engagement with missions. So 86% of the respondents agreed or strongly agreed that they understand Marymount Church's missions portfolio and what our missionaries do and the growth opportunities we ask for. Uh, how about inviting partners to share in our small groups? How about having small groups adopting a missionary? 
uh, to join the rope holders prayer. So if you want to pray for our missionaries and know more about the details of what they're doing, uh, every month you get about 15 pages of prayer requests uh, from Katie. So if you want to pray, just email katie at marymontchurch.org. And then lastly, to go on a missions trip. With COVID, that's been severely curtailed. So in 2023, we're looking to restart some of our mission trips uh, to uh, visit some of our missionary partners. And that's an awesome way to grow in a global kingdom mission mentality. Uh, we have a good focus on discipleship in the church uh, and, a, and a good sense of the target for next year. So we, we look at the spiritual journey as someone who may be seeking, someone who comes to faith in Jesus, they're a believer. Then they organize their life around Jesus, and that means they're a disciple. And then they encourage and disciple others. They become a reproducing disciple. So seeker, believer, disciple, reproducing disciple. Of the respondents, 55% are reproducing disciples. 33, uh, 35% are disciples and 10% are believers. Uh, the good news is that 100% want to move to the next stage uh, of those who are not reproducing disciples all want to move to the next stage in the coming year. So that's encouraging. And what I need to help me grow, and uh, obviously the number one challenge from COVID and the pandemic has been fellowship. And that is the number one need in the church. We've seen the men's meeting last weekend and the women's meeting yesterday, uh, lots of women, more than 40, had attended each meeting, and you should have been there to hear the conversation about uh, all the uh, different questions that were being shared. So we're going to try to ramp up fellowship and connection over the next 12 months. So we've reinstated Light Bites. We're going to make a, a concerted effort to add some small groups and to increase the participation in a weekly small group. Uh, and the elders are going to ramp up their efforts in shepherding, and that'll be the focus of the elder retreat this year. We also want to look at adding more classes. Uh, moving to weekly communion is one of the high uh, suggestions that's on there, so we're working through that. And improved awareness of events, so improved communication. So those are the three main things, classes, communion, and communication that we're working on. Bottom line, a bottom line, would you recommend Marymount Community Church? And uh, the church is healthy, and you all have a very positive experience with Marymount. And 55% uh, that said on a scale of 1 to 10 that they were extremely likely to recommend to a friend or coworker. Uh, 12 said 9, 14 said 8, and 12 said 7. So a very high level of satisfaction with what God is doing here and what your part in that is. So we're looking forward to many of you inviting your friends and um, that uh, others would participate and learn more about Jesus and uh, experience his presence uh, together as a congregation. So that's our discipleship survey for 19, uh, 2022. And uh, I'm going to now just transition to have a blessing time for our moms. So we're going to do this participation style. So I would love for mothers, spiritual mothers, 
and grandmothers to stand. And we are going to come around you and pray for you. And I'm going to ask the rest of the church, uh, as the monk, go ahead and stand. Um, we're going to bless you with some prayer. Um, we just want to encourage you. Uh, okay, all you other people who are not moms, now come beside them and lay hands on them. Ask them if it's okay to lay hands on them first. Um, but let's, uh, let's go into a time of prayer. And I'm going to lead some prayer here, but feel free to pray over your moms and bless your moms. So, Father, we thank you for uh, the mothers, the grandmothers, the spiritual mothers. We thank you, Lord, that from the very beginning in, in the womb, we were nurtured by a mom. We're thankful, Lord, for the very beginning of the first touch we had was from our mom. We thank you for the ways that the moms have blessed us and nurtured us. Lord, we thank you for the many, many, many special moments where they uh, came around us, encouraged us, wiped our tears away, put Band-Aids on. So, Lord, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to come now and to fill each mom with your presence and your power and your love and your joy. And Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for the amazing reality of our moms. What a blessing. So we go from here today filled with the Spirit, filled with encouragement. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to you, Lord. So, Lord, we bless our moms in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's give them a hug and a high five. All right. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We honor you today. We honor you today. All right. We bless you. All right, well, go ahead now. We're going to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. That was a lot of fun. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to continue in our series, But God. And, uh, you know, every Sunday I marvel how God has uniquely fashioned our spiritual community. I marvel at... Uh, number of things. Uh, I, I wrote these down a, a number of years ago. They're still true. Unity in spirit despite a diversity of doctrinal beliefs. Unity in spirit despite a diversity of age. Uh, somewhat ethnicity, occupation, income, family size. A lot of unity decide that, decide in the midst of all these differences. 
mature believers and those who are newer in the spiritual journey, but I find that all of us are seekers at heart, um, prudent with our finances internally, but generous with our finances externally. Uh, intellectual depth and emotional expression are both highly valued here. Uh, diversity of worship leaders and worship expression, uh, thanks to Paul and his uh, developing of so many worship leaders. Brokenness abounds in our congregation. Difficulty abounds in our congregation, yet we're all seeking healing and uh, seeking to live confidently for Christ. We have discipline in failure, but we have grace in recovery. Uh, we are, have an independent church. We're an independent, non-denominational church with our own governance, yet we're highly connected and engaged with the broad body of Christ in our city and in the world. Um, we have a place where homeschool, private school, and public school are all practiced and welcomed and respected. We're uncompromising in the truth, but we're generous in grace. We have a strong male leadership here, yet we have freedom for women to use all of their spiritual gifts. Uh, we value the ancient and the modern, and uh, I think the strongest thing about us is what I want to talk about today, that we uh, seek to be strong in the Word and in the Spirit. And we see those two... Uh, and th this makes Marymount unique, uh, to be desiring strength in the Word and the Spirit. So that's the topic of today's talk. And as I look through Second Timothy uh, and Titus, uh, this, this interchange between the Word and the Spirit uh, is quite strong. So let me read today's text. I'm going to be first in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 to 19. Uh, 15 to 19, sorry, so verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. It's a call to holiness into truth. And the second uh, section I want to read is from 2 Timothy chapter 3. So just go over to chapter 3. I'm going to look at verses uh, 1 to 5 and then uh, 12 to the end. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. So this idea of the appearance of godliness but denying its power and then down in verse 12, 
Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And our last section this morning is from Titus chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another but God. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. These are the very words of God. So I'm going to outline my message this morning. I've got four sections, and they correspond to the four sections I just read. First is the worker's call to truth. Actually, the church's call to truth, uh, all of us, because we're all handling the word in one one context or another. Uh, there's a test of truth, uh, which is the fruit of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, which we see in that first part of 2 Timothy 3. Then it's the world, word versus the world, the fact that the word uh, is in contradiction uh, to the, what we see in the world. the world. The word is opposed. The word is bringing a different standard than what we see in the world, and we need to see that and understand it. And then finally, uh, the centrality of the Spirit in our Christian faith and in our Christian practice. So let me pray for us. Father, as we look at these four uh, uh, headlines from your word this morning, I pray that you would use me to speak truth and to speak clarity, uh, and that, Lord, you would speak to each one of us, uh, Lord, and uh, shape our thinking uh, on how to walk with you in the Word and in the Spirit. 
that we would be uh, men and women of God who would bring the trustworthy message um, to all of our domains. And we pray that in the power of the Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so in the first section, Paul is really calling uh, Timothy to the truth, uh, calling us to the truth, and it contrasts with false teachers. It contrasts with those uh, who are not teaching the truth. These are two of his disciples that have begun to preach that the resurrection has already happened. And Paul is saying that we are called to truth, holiness, integrity, and that we would not be ashamed as we speak the truth of the Word of God. Uh, we have here a high value of teaching, and um, through my 18 years here, I have preached an average of 60% of Sundays, and um, that rest of the 40% has been filled by uh, elders uh, and those in the congregation with the gift of teaching, the desire to teach, and uh, we've had uh, just some really uh, great teaching that has come from uh, these other speakers. Uh, I, I want to highlight Zeke Swift, Lewis Arnold, Steve Sessler, uh, Brandon Snow, and John Treese have started uh, to have some of that uh, experience. And I, I believe these are, these are men who are not perfect uh, by any stretch, but they walk the talk. And when someone is giving a message here, they have been a person who's been uh, faithful to the Word. And uh, this, this is what Paul is challenging Timothy to, you know, present yourself to God as one approved, correctly handling the Word of truth. And we try to avoid irreverent babble. I, I don't remember a lot of irreverent babble coming from this pulpit uh, but there, I tell you, there is a, there is a, uh, a move going on um, through the church where increasingly churches are leaving the truth. They are leaving the truth of the Word of God. And um, it's happening all around us. Uh, the most recent example I heard was uh, in the Presbyterian Church of Scotland, which is once the bastion of John Knox and the Reformation is now um, uh, allowing their people to perform same-sex marriages. And it's just the beginning of the end for these churches. And God's firm foundation stands, and the Lord knows whose are His, and uh, He calls each one of us who names the name of the Lord as their Savior to depart from iniquity and a holy lifestyle, and a, a lifestyle of confession of sin and forgiveness of sin, which we're going to have communion today. That's part of the lifestyle that we live, and it's, uh, it's our call uh, in this uh, section uh, of uh, Paul's letter. So uh, we see this all coming from, you know, the uh, example of Christ. And I want to just share with you in John chapter 18 that section where he is uh, speaking with Pilate. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, 
The reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. And again, this is a, this is a disease throughout our culture is that we are, we are bending and twisting truth in so many different ways. And we encourage each one of us here to be Berean Christians, to search in the scriptures if what we're saying here is true or not. Each one of us is responsible to be able to listen to a Christian message and to know if it is faithful to the Word of God. And that can only be done uh, by knowing the Word, and it can only be done in the clarity and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we think of the ministries here that we have, uh, a blessing, joy in the morning. Um, I love watching our women dive into the Word and the Friday morning men's Bible study. I love watching our men dive into the Word and our youth group. Our youth group uh, does not focus on entertainment. Our youth group focuses on helping the students get into the Word of God and see it for themselves, what God is saying. Uh, so I just want to uh, just summarize that by, you know, the, the Lord is our model and He's saying, uh, walk in the truth, proclaim the truth and live the truth. And that is, uh, that is a high calling, and that, is, that requires the Word of God. It requires the knowledge of the Word of God. So let's move on to the second part uh, that we looked at, uh, this test of truth. Paul presents the tests uh, with this uh, rise of ungodly people that are coming uh, throughout uh, this, uh, this section and he's saying, here's how you know. Here's how you know whether or not truth is happening. And it's, again, the Word, and it's, again, the Spirit. Uh, there's two tests. What is the fruit of their lives? What is the fruit of their lives? That's one of the dangers of podcasts and all the other kinds of ways that we're getting messaging from people is that we don't often know the outcome of their lives. We don't often know who uh, it is that's speaking, what's going on in their personal life, what's going on uh, with their family life. And secondly, how do they respond to power? And if they deny the power of the Spirit, if they deny the power of God, remember when Jesus went and healed the demoniac on the other side of the Sea of Galilee and the the demons in the demoniac, the demons asked if they could go into the pigs. And the pigs, 2,000 pigs, ran down the hill and drowned in the Sea of Galilee. You remember that story. What happened next was telling because the people of the village came out and they saw that the guy that was previously living in the cemetery, chained up, was in his right mind giving praise to God. And the very next thing they asked is they asked Jesus to leave. They asked him to leave. And this, this show of power has that effect. It has the effect where some people will deny the Spirit, some people will deny the power of God, and they will want uh, everything under control. They will want uh, 
things to be controllable and they will not like the Spirit. In this church in 1982, one of my predecessors, Edgar Bonniewell, uh, was uh, here. He graduated from Princeton University with a Master's in Divinity and he came here and shortly after his tenure began, he was invaded by the Holy Spirit. He had, a, he had an experience with the Holy Spirit. Very similar to the experience Jamie shared when we were going through uh, the Spiritual Gifts series. And Ed started teaching in the Spirit of the Spirit here. And um, unfortunately, the church did not receive this teaching. And the church uh, essentially asked uh, Ed to leave. Um, when I came here and when I was new here, I, I learned a little bit about this. And so I asked people who were here and I found out some other things. I even saw a letter that had been written to him. And I was heartbroken because um, we had, as a congregation, we had seen this move of the Spirit start to happen and we said, no, no thanks. And the Holy Spirit is portrayed as a dove. It will not, it will not, the Holy Spirit will not stay where it's not welcome. So I remember visiting Ed, and I, uh, I remember talking to the elders, then visiting Ed, and then on behalf of the church, I asked Ed for his forgiveness, um, that he would forgive us and also pray that God would have his way in this church. And I remember Ed was in tears. I remember he was extremely gracious uh, and he prayed for our congregation. He prayed for us. And I think a lot, a lot of the blessing that's happened during this time came out of that, that time of repentance and forgiveness and restoration of relationship. Uh, fast forward to 2010, and again, the Spirit was moving. Um, and uh, we had some part of the church that was uncomfortable with that. And so they decided to leave, I don't know, maybe 15% of the church. And what was really good about that was that they, they had convictions that were different than the vast majority here, and they left. And over time, those relationships were healed. Over time, uh, we have been cooperating uh, with their church as well and with each one of them. And again, uh, we asked the Lord to do whatever he wanted to do here. The elders were studying what does the New Testament say about the Spirit? What should we expect to happen? And during our study, one of our elders, who was, uh, I would say, one of the more intellectual uh, elders in our group, received the gift of tongues in the middle of our study as he fellowshiped at another church in another state. And it was one of those unmistakable moments when the Lord was saying, I want to move here. I want to move in power here. And where, thankfully, we said yes. Shortly after this, Paul and Julie Rasmussen came to our church and began to lead worship and began to equip worship leaders and uh, with a heart to usher in the Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. Sometimes God's power is messy. And sometimes uh, we lose control. That's why we're trying to lead open-handedly. We want God to do whatever he wants to do here. 
and so uh, this is the story of the church in Thessalonica. Uh, look at this uh, scripture in 1 Thessalonians. Paul is uh, talking to the church there. He's saying, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You know, this, this church was formed when Paul preached the gospel in Thessalonica. The Thessalonians who were not saved created a mob and they came after the disciples. They came after Paul and the believers, despite all of this, became examples. We have seen times here. Um, I remember one time when Jada, a friend of Naj's, a young woman Naj was discipling, was baptized. The place was so loud and God was moving in, in such an unusual way. He doesn't do the same thing every Sunday. Another time, uh, I was supposed to give announcements and I felt the Lord saying, uh, no, don't do the announcements. I want you to, I want you to uh, ask me for healing. So we started praying for healing and Naj fell down here on the floor and we had to cover her with some coats and stuff and she was uh, in, a, in an ecstatic relationship talking to the Lord in tongues. Um, we explained what was going on. We've been in Mexico when they bring new children to the, to the casa, and you know, you don't know what's happened to an orphan child. But we, we saw manifestations, and as people prayed, we saw these young uh, three sisters being, being rescued by God and the evil spirits leaving. Uh, these three young children, and from that point on, uh, fully refreshed and fully, fully receiving God. So, um, you know, there, there are moments where we, we have to acknowledge uh, that we can see how people are living by the fruit of their lives, and if we see anger and malice and all the other things, we know that's not of God. But there are also times where God moves in power, and that we need to acknowledge that we need to acknowledge the power of God and not deny that. So I want to uh, share a testimony uh, this morning. So I've got uh, Will Stevens, uh, who is here. Would you guys welcome Will to come on up? <laughs> so uh, we're going to just talk about a testimony of power that happened in Will's life. So uh, Will... Uh, you're, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you go to school? What year are you in? And what do you like to do? And uh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, my name is Will Stevens, as you guys probably see. But um, I go to Marymount High School, which is right off the road. I'm a junior this year. And um, I'm pretty much a sports guy. I play basketball, play tennis, do all that. So, I mean, that's really what I do. Uh, you came for prayer on Easter Sunday. What was going on? Yeah, I did. So Easter Sunday, um, prior like three weeks or a month prior to Easter Sunday, uh, there's something called tennis elbow, right? So it's where every time you hit the ball, you're, there's a, like a shot of pain that goes up your arm. And I mean, it hurts. It's pretty bad. 
Um, but it was hurting for a month or so, so I was like, all right, let's try to do something about this. And that's when Dennis reached out and was like, would you like to come for um, prayer Sunday? I was like, all right. And to be honest, like thinking like, I've only heard of like Jesus like healing like big, you know, not like little like tennis elbow or whatever. So I wasn't really expecting much, to be honest, but um, yeah, so I came in Easter Sunday and had the prayer, and it was great. Jamie and Dennis both were there with me. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I remember watching you play on the previous week, and you were going like this every time you hit the ball. What happened after Easter Sunday? Um, so yeah, after Easter Sunday, um, I was kind of just intrigued to see if it worked, you know. I was like kind of like going like this and doing whatever with it. And so I went to go hit. Um, I hit for like two hours maybe, not a single pain, nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, all right, dude, this actually works. So I wanted to give it some time, you know, cause I was like, there's no way, right? There's no way. Like you don't ever think it can actually happen to you until it does, right? So I kept playing that week and just no pain whatsoever, just kept on going. So it was really cool to see that I mean, not only does he heal the big things, he also heals the small things, too, that really don't affect anyone but yourself. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Excellent. Now, I think, I think at about week three, uh, you won a tennis tournament. Yeah. Um, so night after prom, we had this coach's classic where it's like four teams come in, and you're in a draw. It's like a group thing. And um, we were with four Division One teams, so we really had no business really being there, especially getting home at 5 a.m. and waking up at 6 to go to the bus. It's kind of tough, but, um... Uh, oh, to be young. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, seriously. But, um, Not recommended, but, okay. It was tough. But um, I was able to win all three of my matches and won the tournament, which was fun. Yeah, but, um, that's great. Yeah. Now, afterwards, uh, you were playing basketball with your family, and... Uh, Somebody drove up behind your house and they were looking around at what you guys were doing and tell us what happened. Yeah, so I was, Easter Sunday actually, it was the day of. Um, I came home, showered, and we had our whole family over, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever, everyone. Um, there's so many, but um, so yeah, so we were playing basketball, we have a driveway, and I live like in an alley, right? So it's kind of like a U-shape, so you can just drive in one way and go out the other, and there's just a bunch of backyards. And so there was a gentleman that was driving around and he was circling. And then one time he just stopped and it was like just staring at me and my cousins just playing basketball. And I was like, you know, like I'm the type of guy that's like, all right, I'm gonna go start a conversation, maybe meet someone new and just, I don't know, you never know. So as I was talking to him, um, I realized he had a broken femur. Um, so what he does is he drives around because that's all he can do. He hasn't been able to walk for a couple years. So what he does is every day he just goes for a drive. Um, him and his wife just go for a drive and just like to view what's happening. Um, so he was there and we were talking. He was a really nice gentleman. Um, he had some cool stories, that's for sure. But um, yeah, so I was kind of inspired because I mean, just recently I was just prayed for my healing. So I was like, I mean, I've never done this before, so this might be terrible. But I mean, <laughs> might as well give it a shot because you never know. So I sat there and we talked and I prayed and then we just went on with our day. He left and kind of felt proud. So it was good. That's great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. You can just put it on there. Put it on there. Okay. Thanks for sharing, Will.
I love that God moves, that God uh, hears our prayers. He doesn't heal everybody, but when he does, we want to give thanks and praise him. And I love that Will's doing that, and I love that Will's praying for other people now. And this, is, uh, this agrees with what uh, John Calvin says about the Word and the Spirit working together. For by a kind of mutual bond, the Lord has joined together the certainty of his Word and of his Spirit, so that the perfect Word may abide in our minds when the Spirit, who causes us to contemplate God's face, shines. There are moments where the Spirit shines, and it's beautiful. So let's move on to point three. Uh, the, the third text this morning speaks to the power of the Word, its accuracy. Uh, it's one of the key verses. Chapter uh, 3, verse 16 is one of the key verses on the fact that this is reliable. This is good for preparation uh, for all the kinds of things uh, that we will receive from the, from the Lord when we study the Bible devotionally with an intention to obey. And uh, in a few, a few weeks ago, Jamie mentioned in a sermon that God is not the Bible. I don't know if that struck any of you, but I want to I clarify because we, we did have a question, a good question. If God is not the Bible, then what about John chapter 1 that says Jesus is the Word? And so we, we want to we clarify that the Bible is from God, it's truthful, it's reliable, but it isn't God. The Trinity is not Father, Son, Holy Bible. The Trinity is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But this is one of the works and one of the gifts of God. It's like the creation. The creation is fantastic and awesome. If you have Genesis 1 on your resume, you're pretty awesome. But the creation is not God. It's, it's, it's a gift of God. And John, at the end of his gospel, says... If we were to write all of the things that Jesus did, the whole world would not contain all the books that could be written. So, this is a subset of God. This is a gift, a work of God. We don't worship the Bible. We receive the Bible as a gift, and we, uh, we obey what it says. These are the very words of God. Uh, but there's more. He's still speaking by the Spirit. He's still uh, moving in the world. Um, but here, uh, Paul tells Timothy, there's going to be people who are attacking you, who are opposed to you. And he says that uh, evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So being godly and following the scriptures and following Jesus together is going to result in people persecuting us. We need to understand this, that all of the things that are going on in the world around us, it might be the sexual revolution agenda, the anti-Christian agenda, this should not surprise us because they don't see what God has revealed to us. They don't see it. It should bring compassion and it should bring prayer and it should bring speaking boldly. Live by the Spirit. Paul in Galatians 4.29 tells us about this. He's referring to Isaac and Ishmael. But it says, At that time, the son born according to the flesh, that's Ishmael, persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. That's Isaac. But look at the, look at the last part of the verse. It is the same now. That's still happening. 
There's still persecution. We should not be surprised by that. And we should respond in grace and compassion and most certainly in confidence that the Word of God is true. And so finally, uh, the text in Titus 3 talks about the absolute centrality of the Spirit. And there's two key words there that I want you to pick up from the text. Uh, Titus talks about the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The regeneration uh, is the same word that Jesus used in, when he says, in the renewal of all things. And the renewal is the same word that Paul uses in Romans 12 too, by the renewing of your mind. And both these words literally mean a new genesis, a total remaking of something old into something new. So these two words are, are central. And so Paul is saying that the saying about the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit is central to being able to live for Christ. It's central to being able to understand the word. And he says, the saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those of you who have believed in God may be careful to devote yourselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. And so here's where we're saying that we need both the Spirit and the Word. We need to connect the two, walk with both. The Spirit opens the Word of God for us, and the Word of God is what we test. Anything that is supposed to be from the Spirit, we test it with the Word. If you have the Word only, uh, you're missing the power. If you have the Spirit only, you're missing the test. You're missing the test of, is this, is this from God or not? And so, uh, here's how Andrew Murray says it. Uh, what divine blessing and power when the Word of God comes in the Holy Ghost, when it is preached with the Holy Ghost sent forth from heaven. I'm asking, every Sunday, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would come and take my human words and turn them into supernatural words that land in your hearts, however God wants that to happen. So we're going to close our service this morning uh, by just a, a prayer of the Spirit, a prayer for the Spirit to come and to fall on us. Worship team, you guys can come up. Um, I'd like to have uh, a, a, at least a prayer team on each side from our prayer team ministry, please. And uh, I'm just going to pray for the Spirit to come. And, and our application today is that when you receive the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for you for your cleansing and your salvation, I want you to receive that in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to let the Spirit speak to you uh, as you do that. If you gather as a family and your, your dads or moms are leading communion, then by all means, let's ask for the Spirit to come. And let's make it a habit to ask for the Spirit to come. But let's remember that we do that knowing the Word of God. And uh, the second application I want to ask you to do is, uh, you know, in his book, Jamie talks about reading the Bible relationally. So next time you read the Bible this week, I want you to invite the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to sit down and read it with you. And that the Spirit would cause you to see the things in the Word that the Lord has for you at that moment. Does that make sense? So let's pray, and uh, when you're ready, come up for communion. Um, 
be drawn into the, the beauty of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you shine a light on the Word of God that we have studied today? Would you open our hearts to desire truth and righteousness and holiness? Would you open our eyes to see fruit that is not from you? Would you open our eyes to see the things in your word? And Lord, would you open our hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, would you come now do whatever you want to do today. We invite you, Lord. We invite your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. When you're ready, come to the communion table. Receive the body and blood of Jesus. Amen. up, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Father, we thank you and praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word of God which is alive and moving and able to bring us to repentance, bring us joy, bring us your fullness. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself in the scriptures. And Holy Spirit, thank you for coming. Thank you that this is the age of the Spirit where you are freely moving through the world on behalf of the Son and the Father. And Lord, that this is better that the Spirit is here because Jesus was limited to one location at a time, but you are everywhere. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to do whatever you wish to do in this church, to pour out your presence, to gift each one of us the way you wish, and that you would be Lord of our lives today in new ways. Change us any way you want. Amen. Church, stand and I'll just bless you that you would go this week in the power of the Spirit with the Word of God to all those that you meet, that you would bring the kingdom, healing, joy, blessing to each one that you meet. And I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great week.